So I've got something I want to talk about first, Bob. And right out the gate. Right All out right. the gate. Well, you taught me a new phrase. I think it's a phrase this week, right? It's called virtue signaling. Is that oh, virtue signaling? I didn't teach you that phrase. Yes, you You've did heard it before. Well, I no, I have never heard that before. I I think I feel like the concept. I feel like I was always trying to quantify or like what what do you define that thing how that people you, do? How can you call yourself a Joe Rogan? experience fan and not know virtue signaling. I don't know if I do call myself a Joe Rogan experience fan, but I am one, but I don't call oh, myself okay. one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I don't walk around saying, hi, my name's Bob, Joe um, Rogan experience fan. Exactly. Here's my card, my membership card. So I wish he had them though. I'd get one. In the interest of you have better internets than I, um, well, can you can you give us the definition of virtue really, signaling? you going to make me Wikipedia virtue signaling? Yes. Yes, I am. Well, actually, it probably won't be Wikipedia. Oh, actually, it is the number one result. Here we go. Why is Wikipedia so... Uh, uh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. It's going to be a good podcast. I'm inarticulate. Okay, virtual signaling is the conspicuous expression of moral values. Academically, the phrase relates to signaling theory and describes a subset of social behaviors that could be used to signal virtue especially piety among the religious. In recent years, the term has been more commonly used within groups to criticize those who are seen to value the expression of virtue over action. So the reason we're even talking about this is because I, we were you know, talking about social media and you're like, oh, that's virtue signaling. I'm like, well, what is this? You know, or there's a name for that and it's virtue signaling. And I'm like, okay. Well, social media is totally the breeding ground of virtual signaling because there's no accountability and you can't get proof. So I can say that I'm totally down with, you know, wow, I'm going to get myself in trouble if I virtue signal things that I actually do care about. Um, shit, I don't even know how to do it the other way. Um, but anyway, I can say that I am down for a ton of causes, but in, in my actual life, don't do any actions that reflect that I'm down with you know, equality or, you know, fair treatment or anything like that. So well, I, I would call that typically how it's used. I would call that hypocrisy more than <laughs> virtue signaling. For me, virtue well, the, the, the net result is hypocrisy. But the thing is, is that when I'm putting it out there on social media, I'm basically shaming others because they don't, I'm saying that I possess this very positive virtuistic quality and you don't. Right. Like so, I could, you know, I can blame someone, but in fact, I'm not doing it either. Exactly. So that's where I was going at. It really, the synonym for virtue signaling is shaming, right? And it's a major component of it for sure. Hypocrisy I, and shaming. Well, speaking of hypocrisy, I don't want to come off hypocritical by saying, well, I don't virtue signal. Apparently I do because I read the definition after that. I'm like, oh, shit. I probably do this. And I think your reaction to that was as well, what? Uh, we all do to a certain extent. Um, and just be, I mean... And I think that I know that to the whole, the two of us tend to be a little hypercritical of our own selves, as people do. Like, I would say we're all guilty of virtual, virtual, virtue signaling at one point or another. But I think, you know, when you're doing the tail of the tape over the long term, I think we do hold pretty true to the virtues that we speak of. So I'm going somewhere with this and I'm not going very far because we actually have a different topic for this show. <laughs> or we could punt the topic down no. the road like we did last week. <laughs> no, 
Um, the, uh, you know, in, in any good story, we have a protagonist and an antagonist. Would you agree? We have the hero and we have the villain. Right? Well, that's what I learned in English class in high school. Okay, well, so yeah. we'll, we'll go with that. So ba- basic story, you know, writing, we got like a three-act story, and we have an antagonist and a protagonist. For me, Twitter, another revelation about Twitter, for instance, it's really a micro-blogging website. It's a blog in 240 or 80 characters, right? And what I think it's actually done a little bit is kind of kind of killed off blogging a little bit. Now people still do a link. Here's my blog. But in general, it's a lot easier just to be like, you know, here's my point in 200 and some characters. And I'm too lazy to blog. Would you agree? Well, yeah. yeah. And have you noticed like the retro aspect of like, I, I know we follow a lot of the same people on Twitter, but you'll see like this resurgence among followers like, oh, I'm looking to revive my blog after two and a half years of tweeting and, you know, so it's, it is very interesting that, uh, yeah, kind I of like that video recently. killed the radio star, uh, Twitter killed the blog star. Yeah. Cause I actually just tweeted not long ago. Hey, I, I'm very nearly think I definitely maybe possibly could write a blog and I never did. So yeah. I've yeah. had about a hundred failed blog attempts over the course of my social media career. It's just so hard. Content's hard. And so Twitter or social media in general is kind of killing long format. And it also means that I think humans in general were consuming bite-sized opinions without context. And that kind of bothers me a little bit. What do you think? But, but that begs the whole question, though. Is, is art imitating life or is life imitating art kind of thing? Like, did Twitter shorten our attention spans or were our attention spans already shortening and Twitter was the answer to that symptom? Well, to go back to your retro vibe that you you got, I think the pendulum swings. And I think right now the pendulum has swung to where people, I just want to sit down on the couch after a hard day's work and they just want to scroll through the point and they don't want to really get in long form. They'll do long form during the day at work when you're like, how do I solve this stupid entity framework stupidness or whatever? They'll dig through. Actually, I don't think they read still. Or I guess when I say they, I mean me. I just skim through and go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that looks important. I read this paragraph and I'm like, okay, now I move on to the next task. So it's like our attention spans are way gone. But I don't know if you can definitely like equate those two because I look at the the thing that you just identified, described as a as a skill, not as a deficit. So your ability to know the problem that you need to solve and to access a reference and determine what part of that reference brings the value to solve your problem. I don't see that as a lack of attention span. I think that is a a sign of incredible efficiency and intelligence. You should be somebody's marketing manager. Just saying (laughs) that's a great way to spin that. (laughs) But, But I think that, so, all right. So I think where we get to the attention span issue though is, so you talked about something that was career related. There's far more important things in our lives and our careers. We could say, you know, we could point to political environment in our local or national realm. And instead of seeking out the knowledge on our own and doing research about it, even in a medium format, we tend to take the word of others who give us these incredibly bite-sized soundbite morsels. And then we adopt that as part of our overall view of that political um, event or landscape. 
that's where I think that the short attention span is problematic. So Bob, I started this topic with virtual, or not virtual, <laughs> virtue signaling, act one. We talked through some details, act two, and now act three, I lay before you. Social media seems to, in 280 characters, include an antagonist, a protagonist, a point, and virtue signaling. That is the like wet dream of a good tweet. Would you say I'm right or wrong? I don't know. I'd have to dig into that one a little more. I think a lot of times there's an implied antagonist or, you know, tweet threads are a big thing now too. And there's actually, um, there's actually products out there that solve the problem of tweet threads where you can actually publish a series of tweets, publish in air quotes, publish a series of tweets to an actual longer format presentation, which is also very kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah, I think definitely over the series of tweets, if you're doing it well, question mark, um, you have that you have that protagonist, the antagonist, and you somehow put in a little plug for your own real or fictitious values. Yeah, well, that's kind of where I was getting at. The tweeter becomes the protagonist. The subject becomes the target, a.k.a. the antagonist. And what you do is you make the protagonist yourself better by use of virtue signaling. And that's really, I think, where a lot of our, why is Twitter so angry? And I think it's because everyone's trying to be the hero and, and you got to find a target. And it's usually something somewhere out there. And then when somebody becomes, oh, I am so-and-so's antagonist, well, damn it, I challenge you to a Twitter duel. And then it just gets shitty from there. But it's, I would even say it's another step removed from there. That the problem is, is it's, I think at its intent, it was meant to be a bi-directional conversation tool. And it's not. It's just mono-directional conversations that happen to appear in the same space where my view is my view and your view is your view and you're shouting your view in all caps and I'm shouting my view in all caps, but there's actually no exchange of intellectual property. It's just two people yelling with their keyboards or sometimes 14 people yelling with their keyboards, all slightly nuanced differences of opinion. And some may, you know, it might boil down to two sides or three sides or whatever, but everyone's just shouting and no one's listening. And everyone thinks they're the protagonist, and everyone they're shouting at they think is my antagonist and right. the person so I'm really trying to defeat, only, right? It's really only a one-sided play because it doesn't actually have the elements because if both lead characters think they're the protagonist, that's a problem. Yes, you came, <laughs> to, you came to basically my point. Basically, a normal story has a definite hero and a definite villain. On Twitter, we have both at the same time, and you are, or the, the tweeters are both. When I hit send, I'm the protagonist. When I hit check my notifications, by default, I'm the antagonist. Now, I realize we got some friends on Twitter, and we're not, like, attacking each other. I get that. But in general, if you're looking at just tweeting about big tech or the orange person in Washington, D.C., you know... Generally, you're either supporting their protag as a protagonist or you are attacking them as your antagonist. So that was just something I noticed, and you taught me a new word. I appreciate uh, the insight there. So, 
See, it's just all one of those bonuses of podcasting. We teach each other new words. Actually, did I teach you that? Yeah, that was a Slack conversation, right? It was. See, and I've been, not to expand on this topic, but I've been seeing a lot of like negativity. So um, to keep this tech related, uh, Slack did recently IPO within like what, the last 10 days? For sure, within the last 10 days. It might've just been last week or earlier this week, for God knows. This was a long, long ass week. Um, But, you know, Slack gets a lot of negativity because it was meant, and I don't even know who's quoting this, it was meant to stuff. It was meant to take to sharpen the signal from the noise, you know, to enhance the signal. And now everyone's complaining that it's just so much noise and there's no signal. And I, I just feel like a lot of people blame shit. Like if it's too much noise, is it the platform's fault or is it possibly your fault? The people generating the noise. Well, or the people who say that it's too much noise for them. It's like, if you, if you go into a room with 5,000 people chattering, it's overstimulating. You have to get out. But you have the option to take yourself out of that room where all that noise is happening. Right. Like, the, the, solution isn't to rem- in, the solution isn't to destroy the room. Right. 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 Yeah. You know, just because it doesn't work for you, you can't shut down. You can't try to, you can't try to, I don't know. I'm going to virtue signal right now. You just get you get out of the room. You take some personal responsibility. I mean, that's what I do. Virtual signal. Um, but <laughs> Slack's a target because I think people are like, "Damn, I could have made Slack. Why didn't I?" I, I really think there's a lot of envy going on there. I definitely think that that's part of it. You know, and and people don't understand why or why it works or why you know, and and they. They feel like they're not part of it, maybe. I don't know. It's just frustrating that we always, part of our society, and I'm sure this is giant virtue signaling again on my part, but you know, there's a huge part of our society that's always looking to blame someone else for the things that are making their lives miserable. Yeah. In fact, uh, just today, you guys, you folks, <laughs> my tweet, <laughs> fucking goddamn pronoun police. <laughs> <laughs> The people on Twitter that I talked to, um, they suggested um, a ebook that I listened to today, and it was uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Did you finish it all today? I didn't. I'm about halfway through, so I'm listening to the ebook, and I ordered the hard copy. That's Be- Mark Manson, right? Is that his name? Sounds right, but I I don't know. Fact checkers, this is where intern. we need our uh, intern. Damn it, Showbot! Showbot still on you? vacation. He's um. <laughs> He's he he's checking out somewhere. Some yeah, whatever. <laughs> that means Showbot's throwing an error currently. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, so back to Slack real quick. I didn't see a note that Microsoft did ban use of Slack internally. Did you catch that? Well, I'm sure they banned it internally because they want everyone to dog food their Slack-like product. Is what my guess would be. Not because it's a productivity killer. It's because well, we make something that's like that. Why are we not using our own tool? Maybe maybe ban's a strong word. They highly encourage you not to use it. I guess. Yeah, they probably the, want you to use Microsoft Teams instead. Right, and then so the so to the haters of Teams and Slack and whatnot, would you like to go back to the world where you're not using those? And I think the answer is no. I don't. As think a remote they, worker, and which is also something that came up um, 
in our Twitter sphere recently. Uh, hell no. I mean, things like that keep me grounded, keep me connected to my internal team and keep me connected to the world when I work from, you know, this tiny shell of an office that I have remotely tucked away. <laughs> the thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. Um, one other small topic before we actually start the show. <laughs> I saw there's... We are the worst at this. There, there's some articles flying around. There was an, there's an app it's with deep fakes. And it's called Deep Nudes where it... Well, there will, was an app. There was an app, right? What, oh, yeah, because it's now magically out of our universe, right, Bob? Yeah, I don't think <laughs> that's the way vaporized. it works. And wrong. It's on some dude's hard drive somewhere. Um, so in real time, I, well, this is, I'm, I'm describing what I know, so I may have my facts wrong. But in real time, augmented reality, you could point this at basically anyone and it makes them naked in front of you. Instantly. But it's not they're naked. It's someone else's naked with their face, right? Right. And you may be like, okay, that's interesting. But as soon as you like add the element of children to that, WTF. Well, as soon as you add the element of anything to that, it's not necessarily the execution of put my face on a nude, but it's kind of, it, it, it's coming. And it's so funny that this is building so much momentum so quickly. But the reason why it is, is because we're coming into a very critical election cycle. And there's going to be so much garbage out there. Like, that's my word of caution to everyone is you have to, like, please do not retweet or repost any video or audio, for that matter, that you hear or see online without verifying its authenticity. Because if you don't, you're part of the problem. I, I was, like, at a fast food joint checking my phone. Old man, like, 70s, 80s, walked past me, stops me, says, son... Don't believe anything that thing says. And he kept walking. I'm like, dude, <laughs> did you dude, say you are spot on? <laughs> did you say preach, brother? Check us out at bobandkevin.show. <laughs> I know, right? All right. That's a great uh, segue, Bob. You ready to start the show? Yeah. Who's going to say the thing? You are listening to the Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beatty Bar and Kevin Gisheski. Each week, we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Today, Bob. I guess I'm saying the thing. Hey, Kev. Glad you asked. Uh, we've been doing this uh, content creation thing for God. I don't even know. I think we missed a year anniversary here somewhere along the line. But um, we've been doing this podcast thing for now uh, 41 episodes, if we count this one. And you know, there's about a million podcasts out there about podcasting. So we probably decided that we should throw our voice into that big vast void about our podcasting experience, what we think about it, uh, who we look up to, what kind of inspired us to do this, what we're looking to get out of it, all that kind of stuff. So I think that that's going to occupy the remaining minutes that we have of the show today. What do you think? Sounds great, Bob. 
Oh, and by the way, I am Bob from the Bob and Kevin Show, and that other voice that you just heard, that is... I'm Kevin. And we're still not going to use last names anymore, because we're way too cool for that. Yes. Um, we're like Madonna and Cher. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. So I thought before we jumped into talking about podcasting, I thought it'd be really nice to just kind of say a thanks to everyone that has been listening for the various months and watching us on YouTube before we were a podcast, but... Uh, you know, we're right on the cusp of having 3,000 listens on this tiny little show, 41 episodes in or 40 episodes in at this point. And we actually just had our, I guess it's closing out in, you know, a couple days here. Our best month has been June so far. So we set a personal record for ourselves for listening. And it seems like we're getting some traction and we'd love to know who you are, where you are, um, and, uh, you know, what you like about the show, what you want to hear more of. So I just want to say thanks. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got on that? You know, we're going to get into like some of the, how the sausage is made, so to speak, right? On, on podcasting. Um, but let me, let me start with a question with you, Bob. Why are you podcasting? It's so funny because I actually wrote down notes for the show too. And that is one of my questions as well. So I'm going to ping it back to you when I'm done. Okay. Why am I podcasting in general or this show? In general. In general, I needed a hobby. Um, and it's weird because I did it to, cause it helps professionally. I think it helps with public speaking, helps with researching a topic, all that good stuff. But I really just needed a hobby. Uh, this show in particular, why I do this one is because this totally fulfills my always learning, always growing kind of approach to life. Like I have a thirst for knowledge and I'm sure you share the same thing. And we do, we get to listen to a lot of things. We get to read a lot of things. Um, technology is something that we're both passionate about and that's why it's such a big focus of the show. And so, you know, end of the day, I do it cause it's fucking fun. Um, but it does, it just helps me, helps me keep learning. And I think as I get older, that's going to be a big deal to keep my brain fresh. How about you? Why, why do you podcast Kevin? Well, as you were saying your answer, I was trying to make a quick punch list of, of that and I'll probably miss a few, but Number one, I like to perform, and I know this isn't like visual arts here, but I play guitar and whatnot, and I play for a small church. I'll, I'll never get famous there, but I just like going out there and playing guitar. So sometimes I just like being in show business. I, I know I'm making this <laughs> the show, the Bob and Kevin show is not exactly show business. Um, but what it also is, is I get to learn because through teaching and through listening is a great learning opportunity for two different vectors there, right? There's just two ways to learn. You can listen to somebody teach and you can teach while you teach, sort of, so to speak. You know, it's like 
hmm, I learned all these things while I was trying to teach somebody else something, you know? Yes. So there's that. Um, I don't know. Uh, you and I have all these conversations. So the genesis of the Bob and Kevin show was... That was my next question. Why do we do this together? Oh, well, so let, me just, yeah. let me just roll into that. Um, I think we did it because you and I started on Slack and we did Hangouts and... Um, I think we started on the Embraco Slack channel, which we're, you know, we don't, we have our own Bob and Kevin one now and we did Google Hangouts and we had remote worker like overlap. And then we're like, you know what? Or you were like, wouldn't it be cool if we just basically had a fly on the wall of listening to all the bullshit we talk about every day? Oh, that's right. Cause we would just shit, shoot the shit in the chat channel. And I was like, man, this is good radio. I think I said that like about a million times. This would be great radio. (laughs) Yep. And then one day I'm like, fuck it. You know, here's a hangout. Let's just live stream or whatever, you know, and we did. Yeah. So our very first live stream was totally uh, a sneak attack. Kevin was like playing around with hangouts and he's like, hey, see if you can jump in this hangout. And he's like, hey, ready for our first show? And I think it was 17 minutes long or something like that. I don't know. But uh yeah, that oh, I kind of forgot about all this. That's so funny. So that's why this stuff like this is good. All right, a little so, trip down memory lane. Exactly. So we were on YouTube, and we learned not too long into it about all the potential pitfalls of being on a platform monitored and hosted by someone else. So to fully answer your question, the reason I like to podcast, maybe even over YouTube, is we can say whatever we want on podcasting and very few if any censoring can occur right yeah at least we think so far so good but we think we can pretty much get away with anything yeah except we do have that show disclaimer for our work that yeah i'm not sure if i already ran that already or not but if i didn't run it we'd probably run it now so we'll see how that goes um so, so you're organized today. I actually don't have any notes today because I'm in the midst of a move and I am just lucky to be happy. <laughs> well, pre-show, you know what happened. I was trying to find a room that didn't have terrible reverb and I have the lowest reverb room in my house right now because I'm moving into an empty house. Anyway, I digress. It's so funny that it turns out that we are both moving within the course of two weeks. So next week's show will probably, I think we can do that one no problem. Um the following week might be dicey. Let's it'll see how quickly I get set up in the new digs. Um, but uh, I I just jotted down some notes. I would say this is far from preparation, but as of late shows, this is definitely the most prepared I've ever been. Um, yeah, I think we realized pretty quickly with the whole YouTube video thing. First of all, video is hard. There's challenges with video in general. Um, could you imagine with some of our bandwidth challenges we've had recently, there's no way we could continue to do. Plus we probably would have had our live streaming banned like a million times since then. Right. So to give the, uh, the, the lay user some context, Bob and I used to do a live stream and then we did it from my house or a cable or when I say we did it from my house, I was the broadcast node and Bob was the guest node, if you will. So we, uh, we, the the intake came from my house and it, we did a 1080p live feed and it was about two and a half to three meg upload bandwidth requirement. And if we didn't hit that, you know, or we had any lag, you know, it just, it was shitty. And that's, that's, a, that's a lot of bandwidth for an upload, you know, especially where I'm living now. And it was weird because I never actually watched us live. Like, I know you monitored the stream. I mean, the end result afterward always looked great. I mean, there was like, you wouldn't know 
if you watch it after the fact. But um, plus, I think what we probably only ever had one or three or five maybe ever live viewers, except for when we would hijack somebody else's stream. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and then one of the video challenges was my video was un or is only compressed one time. It's when it uploaded to YouTube. However, you were on a Zoom hangout and I had to re-encode your 720p stream. So you looked watery or soft always. You made my skin look great. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're back to standard definition TV with Bob, but Kevin's in full HD. So that was a weird thing there. Um, and then it, we did a one take, right? It's like, no, this is a live fucking TV show. Well, we did a one take except for that one time that the stream took you're, shit or something. You're never, yeah, you're never going <laughs> to let me live that one down. There, I'm sure we have the story on a previous episode. Kevin forgot to hit record. Okay, we're moving on, Bob. I've moved on. <laughs> okay, maybe I haven't moved but on. But yeah, live TV was hard. I kind of still wish this was live. I mean, every once in a while, I, I send a message to Kevin. I'm like, man, is there a way for us to like, you know, live stream the audio? And he always says, you mean like radio? <laughs> Exactly. That's that's my uh, catchphrase or return to, to you. Speaking of catchphrases, you've coined a few over the years, right? So data is the new oil. I don't know if I coined that one. I think I just started parroting it. I well, mean, I'm, I'm giving you it. credit. Whether or not you can get royalties, that's on you. But. I saw it in an article somewhere too. So someone else obviously knows what's down. So Gotcha. Um, I one that I uh, use is AI aliens because I'm trying to <laughs> trying to somehow AI aliens AI yeah it's it's even hard to say I'm gonna have to work on that one you're definitely the the wordsmith of the two of us what else AI aliens uh, I was actually I think probably your tweet earlier this week was one of my best uh, performing oh, yeah. tweets where I was mentioned ever because you quoted. You can't make time. You have to take it from something else. And I've been totally hijacking. I've given you full credit around the house here. But when my wife says, well, this, 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 I'm like, okay, great. Where am I taking the time from? Because it's a fixed ass or resource there. So Till we figure it out. Yep. There's still only going to be 24 hours in the day. Exactly. So podcasting for me um, is greater than, meaning better than video, just because of the lower censorship you know potential um the you know we record audio locally right um because early on we just wanted to be i guess for lack of a better term lazier and you know we're busy we got shit to do and so what we would do is we would use a zoom and just have zoom record both of our audios but then again well actually we started on zencaster which ooh, you're right I do have a whole section about our tech, but I guess we're going to sprinkle it in. But yeah, so we, we did a, a small Zencaster experiment. Um, and you reference lazy. Post sucks. Like the whole, this whole like podcast experiment, the whole video experiment, it was never about, like we even tried to screw with that formula and we, you know, would pre-do animations and drop them in. Or we did one post-production episode where it was all post, right? Yep. I can't remember. Yeah, and we... You know, Kevin did a lot of graphics and a lot of, you know, sizzle on that, but it just takes too long and it really cramps the, for me, it cramps the content producer magic. Well, know? it makes it a job yeah. and the uh, exact money we've earned from podcasting and the Bob and Kevin show in general on any platform is nil. 
and the ROI is just not there. So in my personal programming life, I do programming for money. And I've walked away from all these side projects that, you know, don't make me any money. Why am I chasing all these things? I know today that the likelihood of us turning this into a business is, you know, terrible. So why am I chasing all these things? I need to, you know, we recently had, you know, some interest with um, stuff and we were just very frank. It's like, that sounds like a great idea, but man, I just, you know, I'm, I've done this enough times. I just need to tell you no right now. Because yeah, I'm not looking to build anything in off hours for sure. Yeah. So back to the podcast thing, we need to make this low overhead, right? And But and, that does kind of dovetail into my next question, though. Ooh, what um, is it? What is it that we really hope to get out of this? Uh, fame and fortune, but um, that's probably not realistic, right, Bob? What, what are you hoping to get out of this? I don't know. I still think I have, like, the... The, the end game for me, and it's not really the end game, the, what we hope to get out of it, I really do think if we can get, and I don't know what the magic number of exposure or listens is, but I do really think if the right people hear us, that we could get picked up, like if a This Week in Tech approached us or you know any other podcast network that focuses in on technology, I do think we have a shot. I think we've got a lot of positive things going for us and, you know, some of this is ego talking, but some of the, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I feel like we got a lot of positive things going for us. Well, you know what my favorite thing about this podcast is? You get Kevin or Bob and Kevin. We get to fight over who gets the ampersand. You know, is that my ampersand? Apparently Kevin has claimed the ampersand. Just <laughs> if you missed it in the last episode. Uh, because he I think... It. What makes our show unique is we have actual opinion. We don't dance around things. We don't, uh, you know, kowtow to a potential sponsor. We are like, no, that's not to say that we wouldn't, though. So, I mean, as sponsors, if you're out there, give us a try. Well, Bob, (laughs) who who sponsors JRE? What's what's the one we always laugh about? Motherfucking Cash App. The motherfucking Cash App. (laughs) So... JR, Joe Rogan's podcast. When you first told me, hey, you should check out Joe Rogan, I'm like, dude, I'm really not into MMA. You're like, you were like, okay. Meatball. <laughs> yeah. Tell him, like, oh, is he a meatball? He's doing all that MMA. And, you know, I'm sure it's great. But, and you're like, no, no, no you got to listen. I'm like, ah. okay, fine, whatever. And I was like, holy shit. I love this guy because he's very honest. He's very insightful. He's, he's asking questions you're not supposed to ask. And you know what? That's what we do. And I'm totally saying, well, I think we're kind of like Joe Rogan, the tech only version. That, that's my take. What do you think? I totally a hundred percent agree with you on that. I mean, I think that's one of the questions I had is, you know, like who are your podcast inspirations? And for me personally, uh, the way he does his show is definitely one of my inspirations. And of course I, I think I, uh, try to leverage that heavily when we have discussions. But did you see the episode? Um, I think it was one, one, two, three. He did it with Kevin Smith. Yes, I've seen. Uh, I think Kevin Smith has been on there a few times. He's right? been on there a bunch of times, but this was after he had his heart attack, after he lost all of his weight. But they had a very, um, they were talking about podcasting. And uh, one of the things that, you know, because Kevin's one of the OGs in um, Joe's, Joe was in pretty early as well, and Joe does quite well with his podcasting. But one of the things Joe said, he said, if you're interested, if you are interesting at all, do a podcast. And I think that you and I both kind of fit that, you know, interesting 
we've both done some interesting things. We've both seen a lot of interesting things, been around, you know, seen more of the world than just our backyards. So I think that, I think that helps fuel us too. And I guess the reason I went down this track of, I like basically being able to say whatever I want, um, is because if we were to get picked up like by This Week in Tech or get a sponsor, I would be very honest, be like, look, we're going to do our show. Don't, you know, we're going to do the Bob and Kevin show. We're not doing your show with Bob and Kevin. We're doing the Bob and Kevin show. So whatever we want to talk about, how we want to talk about it, that's what we're going to do. And if they don't like that, I wouldn't sign a deal. I would no, not. No, at the end of the day, I wouldn't either. I mean... I don't want it to be, I still would want it to be our passion project. Even if we were getting compensated for it, I wouldn't want to compromise that for just having a gig. Cause then it's and, work again. I don't want yeah. it to be work. And, and even sponsor. So, um, I like Scott Hanselman. Seems like a real great guy. He's a very polished guy. He's never going to say the word fuck on his podcast. He's never going to. And that's fine. That's totally his brand. And, and we have our own brand, but when it comes to a sponsor, I also don't want the sponsor being like, hey, I know we had this security breach last week. You're not allowed to talk about it or any of that stuff. I just... I, I, I had wouldn't. a very interesting conversation with some of our friends that are internet content providers earlier today and asked them if they had an agreement with a company that they're close to. And they said no, because I was challenging some of the way that they... I mean, I was I was happy that they handled some of the less popular content that's been going on, you know, in the last couple of weeks, but they kind of really glossed over it. And one of the reasons why you and I don't talk about this entity anymore is because we want to steer clear of the, since it doesn't really fit our model, because we would speak, you know, I don't think a lot of people would like us speaking candidly about this topic. So, and I'm going to leave it pretty vague at that. People that know, they know what I'm talking about, but I don't need to, I don't need to stir that shit storm. So, so a sponsor doesn't have to have an agreement and you could be like, well, you know, they need to do better or whatever. And it, the market could then be like, well, you know what? We're not going to sponsor you anymore. And that would be totally fine with me. I'd be like, well, you know, I'm still me. You're still you. We are, you know, you do your business. You can come back if you want, but you know what? I'm going to go to bed knowing that I didn't like sell out to you. Well, the funny thing is, is Joe's had people on the show who are other podcasters and they had, a, they've had conversations. Like, I don't think Joe's ever had an ad spot pulled because of the way he handles it because the people who sponsor him want his flair, but some of his friends who don't necessarily do such a good job at drawing the line, or maybe the sponsors jump on with them and don't really know what those people are all about. They've lost sponsor deals because of the way they've handled the live reads. <laughs> Well, the good news with the Bob and Kevin show is if you listen to our catalog, uh, we stay pretty consistent. And I would say before you would want to sponsor us or pick us up, listen to our show and and be okay with whatever it is, how we do what we do. And I'm pretty sure that's how Joe gets by with that, by saying the motherfucking cash app or fucking Squarespace. If you can do any fucking thing with your fucking fucking whatever you can print paper you can make a fucking website and i'm just i laugh and giggle every time right <laughs> like who else in the world gets away with that i mean i can't think of anyone else
many people go to like www.website.com slash Joe to get their to get their discounts. Right. <laughs> so somebody's I mean they must. Websites are 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 you know are real estate and when they have eyeballs there's advertisers and for a podcast I would think it's ears. So how many listens do you have? So if you get the listens and somebody says motherfucking cash app, I mean, look, we're, we're not, we're not even getting sponsored by the motherfucking cash app and we're saying motherfucking cash app. So, I mean, well, th- of, of course, nobody can... knows what that is until we explain it, but we're not going to explain that unless we get paid. That's right. So, um, <laughs> gosh, that was a, that was a long answer to some sort of question, but I, I pride myself by, I mean, I guess we're authentic and that's, that's a great thing to be able to say. I I don't have to be like Kevin or, or Bob can next time. Can you, can you be nicer um, to Squarespace or motherfucking cash app? Can you be just like the mother trucking cash? You know, I don't have to do any of these things. This is us, you know, and you get what you get. And I love that. Um, that kind of dovetailed into, uh, another question, but I, I guess I'm not really going to ask it the way I had the question worded. But you, a couple like a couple months ago, you kind of stumbled on our our mission statement, like not intentionally. Oh yeah. And I can't. So it was something about tech advocacy. Is that? I mean, I can't remember the exact. Well, I should, since it's part of our when I, I just l- said our vision and mission. I was looking through our Twitter and our Instagram and, and if, if, if I didn't know Bob or Kevin or anything and I just dropped in and I am Joe nobody or Jane nobody and I want to decide whether or not I'm going to listen to this podcast, I need, I need a few words to validate yes, subscribe, yes, investigate or get the hell out of here. And so I, I tried to come up with, well, I don't know, what the hell, how would you summarize? What is the elevator speech of the Bob and Kevin show? And I, and I settled on, well, you know, I think we're, we're advocates, we're, we're seasoned programmers and we advocate, you know, technology or we're consumer advocate for technology. God, I can't even explain it. Yeah, our mission statement. <laughs> but, but uh, basically I was like, you know what? We cut through the bullshit, you know, blockchain. Oh yeah. Everything's fucking blockchain these days. Or, oh, AI, you mean that shit we've been doing for years and we're just repackaging, you know, that's, that's what I think our superpower is. What do you think? I, I definitely, I, and I think it is. It's not only our superpower, but I think that it's the one thing that sets... Like, if you look at the technology category in any of the major podcast providers, like, if you just comb through and you're looking at podcasts that are in there, th- there's so many that are like, you know, programming C-sharp for the C-sharp developer. And it's like, hi, I'm a C-sharp developer, and today we're going to talk about solid techno- solid you know, techniques, and, you know, the S is this. And if you can imagine, I'm typing this code on the screen, and it's like there's so many tech podcasts out there that are just about the nuts and bolts of code. Yeah. And then there's this whole other genre that it's like, how can you be a coder? Here's how you can be a coder. You know, and we don't do that. We talk about technology with really broad brush. Sometimes we talk about the technology that makes stuff work. Sometimes we talk about the end result products. A lot of times we talk about your data getting leaked out everywhere. But I really do think our advocacy angle and not our how-to angle is what really sets us apart in our category. Yeah, no, no tutorials here. <laughs> um, we're not going to regurgitate what you can probably find on YouTube 
we give you content that is, I feel like we're like an infomercial now. We give you content, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I just feel like um, we're able to, I don't know, contextualize. We do a lot of philosophy and a lot of ethics too. And, and I don't know that a lot of podcasters are willing to go there. Wait a second. If you say that, they won't hire you. That's correct. Facebook, you're not going to hire me. I get that, <laughs> you know, or, or big tech, you know, you know, if, if Google or somebody wants to hire me, then later one day they listen to an old podcast and go, Kevin, you have this really strong opinion on this. Yeah, that, that's, that's a possibility. I, and I look at that going, you know what, some days I got to find courage to be able to give you how I really feel because there's a lot of people who are unwilling to give you that opinion because they're holding out some strange hope that they might work at Facebook one day and they don't want to say a nary a word about them or Apple or pick any dream employer. Pretty and, sure we're not getting any of those gigs just well, for the record. <laughs> there's times though that I will read my Twitter feed and I'll see a lot of, I follow a lot of Microsoft employees there. They can be very critical of their own company and they still work there and they're still rock stars. Like, and maybe because they've earned that status Apple's not going to hire me if I had to bet. Um, Facebook, sorry, I don't even want you to, I won't return your phone calls. But um, I, I think another angle we provide that you're not going to find many places is we're going to give you some honest, no bullshit. Um, right. We you know, don't just report tech news. We actually, we read up, we compare, contrast, we provide opinions and insights. And I mean, we do the show disclaimer for, for the work, um, you know, and, oh, here, here's a side thing. We talked about social media in the beginning. Sometimes people do vague tweets to not offend somebody, but I sometimes think vague tweets are the worst because everyone, what do they do? They think, this tweet's about me. No, yeah, it's I, not I, I think maybe you. I did one today. One of mine might have been a vague tweet. I'm not sure. So, I mean, if you do a specific tweet, then you're like, oh, well, he's talking about some asshole over there. But if you do that vague tweet... It's it, so we need to coin a new term unless somebody already has. So we know what virtue signaling is now. But what is the the immediate thing thought that oh my gosh I think Fred is talking about me in this vague tweet? What I mean, there's got to be some sort of psychology around that, right? I'm digressing. Think about it. Mm, Back all right, to podcasting. yeah, I'm gonna definitely think about that one for sure. All um, right. Do you have any other podcast inspirations? Because I kind of jumped in with Joe and. I kind of like Mark Marin. He's the, uh, if you ever he's, watched, he's is a comedian. He the WTF guy? Yeah, he's the what the fucker. Yep. And he his, his like awesome, or like his like pod of all pods was when Obama showed up at his house and he, he did a podcast with Obama. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they were talking about it on this week's episode of like, uh, oh, yeah, um, they had Stephen Colbert on this, or he had Stephen Colbert on this week and he was like talking about the Obama my podcast is like, oh, we had like three backup tapes going at all times because there is no redos. You know, the president is he's going to be like, I'm sorry you didn't get the clip. I got to go. So it's kind of that's kinda interesting. So, I got to give it another listen because um, I wasn't I'm really I'm a really bad podcast judgmentalist, I guess. I typically make my snap judgments in the first less than a minute. I would guess. Well, to be honest, I, I didn't actually learn about Mark Maron through podcasting. I, I watched the Netflix series Glow, seasons one and two, and he's one of the main characters uh, in the show. And I'm and I just so happened to realize that, oh, he's got a podcast too. And I'm like, oh, well, let's start listening to him. So um, Joe Rogan's definitely my favorite. Mark Maron's on my list. Um, 
uh, honestly, I like Stardate Supplemental, which is one of our uh, sister podcasts, I would say. Just, I just, love everything about them. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty sure that they've inspired us to make some tweaks to the show without a doubt. Oh, 100%. The cold open, totally their fault is why we do the cold open now, Their production's right? really rock solid. And that's probably what makes me fall in love with the podcast the fastest is just quality quality production and rhythm. Rhythm's really important. Totally. So so you got Mark Marin out of me. What about you? Give me give me another. Oh boy. Um I do actually so I like some solo pods. Um but uh this one is it, and I tend to gravitate toward comedians who do podcasts too, so it's also very interesting. I like the um the fighter and the kid, which is Brian Callen and uh Brendan Schaub. And it's pretty funny because I like another Brendan Shaw podcast where he's with Theo Vaughn. It's The King and the Sting. And I like Theo Vaughn. Theo Vaughn, I love him because he does like, it's kind of long format. I think his is an hour long solo, but he does have guests that come interspersed. But um, he will riff like a comic riff, like talking about something from his childhood. And he's kind of got this little bit of a Southern thing going he rocks a mullet all the time and, and he just, but he's so funny because he references everything to slightly off kilter real life stuff and it just makes it hilarious. <laughs> so you'd mentioned solo and guests and things like that. So you and I do a conversational podcast. We talk to each other. We don't script it. The worst that we'll ever do planning wise is we'll have an outline of some things or, you know, put together a few questions and we just use it as a framework. Mostly you have the outlines, <laughs> but I've tried to do the monologue pod and you do, um, Bob's thoughts as a monologue. I could never get into a rhythm where I could just talk to myself and when I hear monologue ones, they got to be short because I can only listen to somebody just talking for so long, right? Yeah, my mission on that one was 20 minutes or less. And in reality, it's really about 15 to 17. Um, and I would say even that is on the outside edge of a, of a monologue type podcast. And I just do it. That totally is for... Um, so I don't say um so often. <laughs> that, that one's totally just to have verbal diarrhea and practice going at length about a topic. So guests have always been a logistical nightmare. So when we were doing the video, not only did we have to have Bob and Kevin's bandwidth, then when we do a video of a third person, holy shit, now we have to get their video and hopefully we get a connection. And like the one that I just like, I feel so terrible about is David Neal, the at Reverend Geek. It's a great interview, but at times it cut in and out. And that was like live TV. So that felt like shit when that happened. And then Kevin's also got to figure out a third way to capture another video source because we were doing OBS and, you know, yeah. oh my god, I think gosh. that's gotten much better since we stopped doing it, by the way, the third party cap the third source capture but if you say that's so neither, that's neither um, hither nor thither but now that we're doing podcasting a little little behind the curtain we record our audio locally and if we were to have a guest and they are not recorded locally it would be a very steep transition between the two audios i mean it's already so to be fair your audio is like the best mine it's like fucking kevin what is it where is he at today you know and what <laughs> but what once is, you get stabilized in a location yours i mean in your post processing before you give it to me i love it 
it's super dry. It sounds like we're in the same room when we put it all together. Once you get stabilized, you're going to your post-production will be non-existent. So that's the goal. So right now I can see you, you can see me through a Zoom hangout. Yeah. And um, we do that mostly just because, you know, it, it totally helps, you know, a conversation. I'm looking a, at the person I'm seeing. It's a total here. rhythm element because right. you can see if I make a face, like if I want to jump in, or you can actually see when I take a breath, when I start, to, it makes the talking over much easier, but it also makes it much more like a natural conversation. Right. And so if we have a guest, I would imagine we would bring them in the Zoom, but I would be like, oh, you better fucking record locally and they're probably going to fuck it up. You know, it's and a giant it's a giant hurdle to have guests, period, the end. Yeah. So I wanted to take the opportunity to say, you know, what, we're not dicks. We didn't not invite whoever might be listening here because, you know, for whatever reasons. Yes, we've had guests before, but holy crap, it's just so much freaking more effort and and uh, I pitched Bob the idea the other day. I said, <laughs> you know, if, if we're going to have guests, I think we need to have them in studio with one of the two of us. It, let's just cut through a lot of the logistical bullshit as best we can. And then, um, you know, it'll just help out. So I think moving forward, the only way I think we're going to have guests without us just going crazy, or we have two ways. We make it big and we have a big studio and we have a, a, a a team. <laughs> yeah, that's not probably going to happen. Uh, secondly, we have wherever Bob is going to land on the map somewhere in Colorado and wherever Kevin is in the middle of nowhere, you know, he's going to have a chicken or a cow in studio with him. And then <laughs> exactly. So if you're not getting an invite to be on our show, it's not because we don't love you. It's because the logistics are just stupid. I mean, half the time you and I have trouble like connecting on what day of the week, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. So scheduling guests and then the technology gap that one of the things that killed, um, well, virtually killed, I'd still say it's alive, even though there hasn't been an episode recorded in probably over a year at this point, um, for My Friends Are Amazing, is I got spoiled because I had a couple guests in studio. First of all, sounds freaking amazing. Then it's also super easy because there's no tech hurdle other than, you know, me turning on the studio. So, yeah, guests are tough. We'd love to have people on. It's just too hard. What other kind of questions did you scratch down there, Bob? Well, actually, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was, the, you know, a topic, and it's probably a good endish kind of topic, is just some of, like, how we picked the technology that we picked. Um, mm. So we talked a little bit about using our Zoom meeting for our face-to-face but what about the actual like hardware and software that we use for recordings, like mm. personally? Uh, what, are you, what are you rocking in the studio? I've gone through many incarnations. I've gone from a USB connected mic um, to uh, which we just recorded right through Zoom. Then um, I evolved to a uh, Behringer. Uh, let's see, what is this? A Euphoria UMC twenty two or two hundred two. So that's a, that's a two channel input. And I'm uh, using an SM58, which um, being in the music biz, <laughs> being in a band for so many years, you know, I'm very familiar with the Shure microphones. They're great microphones. And it never dawned on me to just use one of those. So that spoiler, Pop's using one. Um, <laughs> and then I use Reaper, which is freeware slash not freeware um, to record locally. I package that up as a wave file, send it off to Bob. And before I send it to Bob, because my headphones are shitty um, and they leak out audio into the microphone, 
Um, I use a noise gate. So when I'm not speaking, um, you don't hear Bob speak over me or through my headset. And he gets this echo effect because Bob's an audiophile. He will. He's like, dad, find you. All right. What do you got, Bob? <laughs> Makes it harder to sync up. And for the for the people watching at home, that's uh, I think they call that bleed. Uh, there you go. From your headphones. I am actually pretty much on the same uh, hardware stack. So we both record to Windows devices. Uh, Kevin uses Reaper. I, I'm an Adobe guy, so I use Adobe Audition. And that's where I do the post for the show as well. Um, I also have SM58. My oldest is, this is where I get my audio file-ism. He is a, a sound engineer. So he hooked me up with, uh, we sampled a bunch of different microphones. He made a judgment call with me on what made my voice sound what we both thought the best. And I use um, some Sennheiser. Do I say that right? Sennheiser. Joshua, yeah. Joshua will tell me um, what HD 280s or something like that. The a pro model headphone that he recommended. I also use a Behringer as well. The Euphoria. I use a 404 just because I want to always be able to record, you know, multiple guests if I go somewhere. So, um, yeah. So that's my stack too. And I've loved the SM58. And I actually like that we both have them now. Because I think that adds to, you know, adds to the feeling that we're in the same room because we're using the same gear pretty much. So geographically, we are, I don't know, a three-hour drive. I don't know however many miles that is. It's um, about a couple, 150, between 150 and 175, I would bet. I don't know that it's surprising to anyone that we're not co-located. However, you're about to be about 1,050 miles from me very soon. But I'm getting be, better internet for cheaper when I move. So I'm super stoked about that. I'm glad you're happy because I'm literally <laughs> recording this, seeing you over my phone MiFi connection. So it's been pretty rock solid. And are you in the basement? I'm, I'm in the basement because just pre show, I was up in Studio 1A, which is basically an empty room, got no sound deadening whatsoever. And it was super echoey. And it's, I, I have very little carpet in my house, so I found the only room that has a little bit of carpet and, and ran down here. I love that you mentioned sound deadening, though, because um, I forgot to mention, and we can talk about that because I'm very curious about your new sound deadening stuff you're going to do. But I just basically have a bunch of the uh, acoustic foam. The wall in front of me is entirely done, so it's it goes from my monitors to five, six feet up. And then I have some patterning on the ceiling of it as well. And then some on my door because my door is wood. So it helped deaden that. And it's so funny because when I close my office door, you can just hear the, you can hear the wetness just suck right out. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so you shouldn't showed me a picture. Tell me a little bit about this because I've never seen this. Oh, uh, which picture? About, oh, the, the sound uh, deadening panels that you're going to make. Yeah, so I actually have to give credit to Chip and Joanna Gaines from Fixer Upper, if you're uh, an HGTV fan at all. Um, they had a, a musician, um, and they built him a studio. And one of the walls they use is 4x4 four four cedar um, blocks, and they vary the length of them. Basically, it's random, and when the sound hits that, even though it's wood, it deadens the sound because of its asymmetric nature. And so what I'm going to be building is basically artistic um, sound deadening, similar thing, uh, smaller scale, um, 
I'm also going to invest in getting it, probably a little sound tent. <laughs> Bob mentioned to me, he's like, can you throw a blanket over your head for the love of God? I'm like, well, <laughs> I, there's literally, we're just moving in. I have no blanket. I mean, there's nothing in this house except me and a laptop right now. And uh, so um, at, at the very least, I'm going to have some sort of sound tent that I can just huddle into while we're recording. Cause the but are you going to have a camera me. in there? Because that's, I mean, it'd kind of oh. be weird if I was talking to a tent. <laughs> I'll be holding a flashlight. <laughs> um, <laughs> TBD, Bob. <laughs> I won't make it weird. How about that? <laughs> I'm so excited. I wish you'd just get foam, but oh well. <laughs> well, we spent a lot of time designing this house. I don't, I mean, there's nothing wrong with foam, but I'm trying to... I'm trying to class up the place as best I can and make well, it I'm look. I'm super excited to see how the um, how the artistic the. Do you say it was cedar? Um, you can, well, the choice of wood I don't think matters. I, I, they just happen to use cedar because they didn't finish it. So I'm going to use probably cheap pine and paint it black. Uh, can you get whatnot. pine and four by fours? Do they do that? No, no, no I'm not going to go four by four. I'm going to just do oh. like a two by two or something. Something you know cheap <laughs> that I can just chop, use a chop saw, make very you know, random lengths and start um, amassing what it looks like is a, the board, you know, it's, it's like pixel art almost, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, no, it looks beautiful. I just never thought of it as being sound deadening, but I guess it makes sense. Yep. If the surface is all multi-depth, it's going to break the sound waves so they won't bounce. Yeah. And, um, Sweetwater sound, which is local here, big, um, national retail, maybe international, um, music, they have them all over the walls there. So they're using them somehow already. So I'm like, well, if these guys who definitely don't skimp on money are using them, I'm going to use them. What if they could be a sponsor of the show? I don't know. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. But they're, um, I don't know, man, we're, we're pretty opinionated and they're, they're, they're very tight ship over there. So I they sell music instruments. Come on. We'd rock that live read. Sweetwater sound, blah, blah, blah. The motherfucking Sweetwater. <laughs> <laughs> we probably wouldn't do that, but no. we'd save kick-ass audio equipment for sure. And accessories, kick-ass audio equipment, instruments, and accessories. Yeah. Sweetwater. Um, I'll and let, I mean, love even my like, catalog, love my catalog when it comes. They're 15 minutes down the road for me. Great place. Uh, sometimes I co-work out of their cafeteria because they have great internet. <laughs> I still think that's sketchy as hell, but you say it's totally legit. So oh, it's an open campus, an open <laughs> Wi-Fi, everything. Just come on in. Um, maybe I'll have you do the negotiation because I might just be like. But I think you have to be the foot in the door guy, though. They know you. Well, yeah, they, well, I don't know if they know me, air quotes, you know, I may be local, but you know, there's a lot of people that live around here, Bob. All right. Well, I got, I got nothing left on the questions list. What about you? Um, no, I think we're good. Time-wise, I think we, uh, we're in our zone here. We're doing all right. Right in the zone, right in the zone. Yeah, this was a, another good one. So, um, yeah, I think there's only one piece of business left. Bring the podcast closing lightning.